0: We ask that we would be open and receptive to the Word of God, that they would find a lodging place in our heart. Minister, we pray, in Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. God bless you, and you may be seated. Today, is everybody doing okay? Three people are doing fine. Does anybody else know how you're doing today? Yeah. Somebody said they're not sure yet. I have a... Uh, uh Bible study this morning we concluded our series last Sunday and um, on the be happy attitudes and this morning I want to talk about uh, a little bit of a different subject and and I want to endeavor to do my best to, to make sure that this doesn't sound negative uh, or uh, like it's like it's at people. I want to try this morning to expose, Uh, some things that that come against our life, and uh, all too often uh, we fall victim to it. I, myself, is uh, is not exempt from that. I'm included in that uh, statement. So I want to talk to us today about these things. And uh, we have assumed through the years, and we understand through the years, of uh, preaching, and I still believe that the apostolic movement has the best preachers. Uh, that that are out there, but we all understand that God has all power. Does anybody disagree? Does anybody agree? Okay, it is okay to say something. I know it's early. But however, and and the, the point of this Bible study this morning is to show us that there is three things that Jesus did not do. There's three things that Jesus did not do, in all of His power and all of His ability. There was three times recorded in the Scripture where Jesus could not, or did not do what He wanted to do, and I want to talk to us about those today. Now, don't don't uh, say that Brother Merrill has said then that God doesn't have all power and Jesus is a. Uh, withholding these things or not doing these things he showed his power even in that in his power to restrain himself so there's three things that Jesus did not do and we want to talk about them because they still apply to our lives they still apply to our walk with God they still apply to our relationship with God even today these things creep in and I heard years ago uh, and, and I understand there's three forces that work in our lives, And but I heard years ago there's two types of, of spirit that comes against us, obviously not of God, and they are those bold spirits that walk in, and then there's a subtle spirit. And uh, oftentimes we fall victim to this, and I want to expose that if I can this morning. Mark chapter 6, there is a interesting... Scripture setting here, and the Bible says that he could therefore do no mighty work save he save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and he healed them. Why could he not do a mighty work? In Mark 6 and chapter 6, uh, verse 6, the Bible says, because of their unbelief. Jesus could not do many mighty works because of unbelief the people of jesus's day they were astonished at his teaching they were astonished at the miracles they were astonished at the power that jesus was displaying they marveled at these things here jesus is there's sick people coming up to him and he's healing them he's ministering to them people that are blind that they've known have been blind for years they walk up and Jesus just simply touches them or he simply speaks the word and, and all of a sudden they can see and they're wild and they're awed and they're amazed and, and all of these things happen and then Jesus finds himself in this situation that there's a lot more I want to do. There's a lot of mighty works that I want to perform. There's a lot of, a lot of things that he's talking about in his own hometown where, where there was such unbelief because they knew who Jesus was. They knew him as the carpenter's son, as the son of Mary and Joseph. And, and they even said, "Is not his brothers and his sisters even with us. And, and because of unbelief, Jesus could not do some mighty works. There were a few sick, sick folks that he, that he was able to heal. And, and I wonder, uh, in, our, in our relationship with God, in our walk with God, how many mighty things would God do for us? Except that there's unbelief it's not unbelief that we don't believe in God they saw what was going on even the few sick folks that he healed they saw that they believed in God but they denied his power and I wonder how often and we don't do it intentionally again I don't want this to be negative but when we look at our circumstance and we see the the, the size of of the mountain that lies in front of us or we see the depths of the valley that we're fixing to walk through and we wonder or we doubt or we don't believe necessarily that God can minister to my need. I have found it interesting over the years that that, uh, it's easy to pray for people that are sick and believe that God is going to heal them. If you came up to me and said, Brother Merrill, look, you know, I'm really sick. I want you to pray for me. I can pray for you, I can't heal you. If I could, I would. But I can pray for you and I can believe that God is going to heal you. I can believe that. But when I'm sick, well now now we got a horse of a different color. I can pray for me, but it's a lot harder to pray in that same that same level of faith, that same level of believing God. It's a lot harder for me to say that God's going to heal me versus God's going to heal you. Why is that? Because I know me. And sometimes this this mindset, it's not that God can't heal me, but it's God won't heal me, or I'm not good enough to be healed, or, you know, I've messed up last week, and so God is just going to to, uh, uh, exercise some kind of revenge on me now, and he's going to plague me with this sickness, and we all go through these mindsets, no matter how messed up and ridiculous they are. And so uh, this spirit, this, this, this attitude of unbelief for whatever reason, whether we believe that God can do in our life these mighty works that we desire, uh, whether we, we, we don't believe that because of, of our own actions, because of our mindset or, or because of something that we perceive, whatever it is, unbelief creeps in. And so we deny, not intentionally, and we won't deny God's power in your life. I wonder that day when Jesus was healing the sick folks, the Bible don't say what they were sick of. It's not just a play on words, but they were sick of stuff. You ever been sick and tired of just being sick and tired? When Jesus healed the man that was sick of the palsy, he wasn't just had a physical disease, he was sick of it. I'm tired of being like this. So the Bible doesn't say what they were sick of. And I wonder if there were people that sat there and watched that day as these people that were sick. Maybe they were lame. Maybe they were deaf. Maybe it was some other disease. And and Jesus heals them and somebody sits back and says, Man, I knew God could heal them. And they walk out limping with their own physical problem, or their own emotional problem, or their own uh, mental problem. And they they leave the presence of God. And Jesus is sitting there saying, I would have healed you too. You had belief for them, but can you believe God for you? Is that same level of belief there. Unbelief, the Bible says, can prohibit God. It keeps God from doing many things. Mighty works. Now I want you to notice that in this scripture setting, Jesus did not work miracles to create belief. He worked miracles because there was belief. When they believed on him, God was then able to do many mighty works. In today's society, and we talk often about today's society it has gotten so uh, anti-Christ, it's gotten so anti-God and the power of God. But in today's society, people have a tendency to accept the Christian teaching, but we don't We don't necessarily, and I say we as Christianity as a whole, necessarily buy into the power that Jesus has. We relegate ourselves to having to live with things way before we should. We We just say, well, this is just the will of God that I have this in the rest of my life. And in doing so, we don't believe that God will take away or God will minister to the need we have or minister to the family member that we have or whatever the situation is. And, you know, we don't believe, name it, claim it, blab it, and slab it, and say it, and spray it, and all that stuff. But there are things that God would do in your life. There are mighty works that God would do. It's not necessarily healing. It's maybe not necessarily financial blessing, and all of us be millionaires. But what it is is things that God wants to do, that because of unbelief, for whatever reason that it has crept in, it's crept in unseen, it's under the radar. I remember reading a story several years ago in 1967. There was a war in the Middle East, and, and there were some, the, the planes uh, that the country of Israel used to, to defend themselves and to take on their enemy. They flew out over the Mediterranean. 50 feet off of the off of the level of the water and they talked about how dangerous that is because the slightest uh, error at that speed is certain catastrophe but they they had to to get in under the radar and sometimes things come in under the radar that we don't see creeping in and unbelief is one of them we sit oftentimes in the presence and the power of God but Unbelief has insulated us from his blessing and the mighty works that he would do. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, and I've never seen this. I've never seen this until I was studying this lesson. The Bible says, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And we all understand, we've all heard the scripture a million times. The Bible says, let us lay aside, somebody finish that. Okay. How many many weights is the writer talking about? Every weight. He says, lay aside the weights. How many sins is he talking about? He says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Singular. He didn't, I have misquoted that scripture all my life. I have always said, Let us lay aside every weight and sin. Let us lay aside the weights and the sins. But I noticed in studying for this, he said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. There is a singular sin that the writer is talking about. There are many weights. These things weigh us down in life. They can be any sort of thing that can be a weight. It's not necessarily a sin. It may not necessarily be evil. It may not necessarily be wicked, but it is a weight. A weight eventually will cause you to fatigue. A weight will eventually cause you to give up. Uh, many of you have heard that uh, through, uh, during World War II, the Japanese uh, had a bunch of American and British prisoners that they, uh, that they would put these big stones on their back and they made them march up and down the mountain. And many uh, stories about this uh, have been written and told. And, and some of these guys would be so fatigued And they knew that if they they lay down or if they fell down, they would simply be shot. And and they would lay down. They would tell their buddy, I'm going to lay down because I just can't carry the weight anymore. And in our lives, there's weights that we deal with. It could be jobs. It could be family. It could be money. It could be anything that it just weighs us down and it gets to be so heavy. Talk to people with such burden. Burden for lost family members. burden for what, whatever the circumstance or the situation or whatever it is in life. And they get weighed down and finally in some way or shape, fashion or form, they come and they say, I'm going to give up. I just can't carry this burden anymore. It's a weight. And, and, and Paul is writing and says, lay aside those weights. Don't continue to carry that. But then he says... Lay aside the sin, the one sin that so easily besets us, not them, not y'all, not those people, not the heathen, none of that. He said there is a sin that so easily besets us, all of us, everybody gets included, everybody say me. You have to lay aside this sin. So do I. What is that sin? There is a single sin that besets us. Most commentaries believe that the single sin that Paul is writing about is the sin of unbelief. If you can get past unbelief, unbelief in the word of God, unbelief in the power of God, unbelief in the name of God. If you can get past all of that, the rest of the sins will take care of themselves. Man, y'all are looking at me like a cow looking at a brand new gate, and I just don't know if you're sleepy or if you're listening. Somebody tell me you're listening. Okay. I think I heard one person say they were sleeping. If we can get past unbelief, how many times have I heard it? Maybe you've even heard it. You talk to somebody about something that's going on, well, I just don't believe that. There's the problem. You know, your life could be just a million times better if you could get a hold of it. I just don't believe that. I don't believe that God meant that this way. I talked to a guy one time that told me the reason why he didn't believe or didn't obey a lot of scriptures, he didn't know how God intended it. He was trying to find the intention of the scripture. Okay? And then complained that his life was powerless. Guess why? If we can get past unbelief, I have heard it a thousand times, Brother Merrill, I just don't believe the Bible means it that way. I don't believe it's for us. I don't believe God intended that. I just don't believe that. Guess what the problem is? It's unbelief. It's unbelief. And if we can get past it, if we can understand that God is God and that he has our best interest at heart and he put, gave us his word and he has put us in our heart a longing for the word of God and the things of God, whether we want to accept it or not, it's inside of every man a measure of faith. And, and so we, 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 we have to, uh, to understand and to get past this unbelief and just say, God, I'm going to take Your word at face value. And if you say it, even though I don't like it, I'm going to believe it. And I'm going to do it. I'll accept the blessing. We have a lot of people that like the blessing. Well, God says, you know, he's faithful and just to those who forgive those that ask him. And he does say that. Read the rest of it. So many of the things that God says he's going to do is a covenant. I'll do this, but you have to do this. Get past unbelief. Know that God is God, and God has all power. God can do it. God will do it. But, Brother Merrill, I've I've not seen God do such and such in all my life. Don't worry about it. You understand, and I will use sickness because that's one that's closest to all of us. We all eventually at some point in our life is going to have a physical ailment. And I know the crowd that I'm speaking to. And there's probably three or four people here today with a physical ailment. They take some kind of pill for something. Well, I know that I'm just going to live with this the rest of my life. You know, the Bible says that in heaven there's no sickness. You won't have high blood pressure in heaven. So at some point you're going to be healed you know that at some point whatever it is your cholesterol is going to be healed that limp is going to be healed the brain problem is going to be healed whatever it is the emotional problem there's no tears you won't be crying because you're depressed in heaven so at some point between this day and that day you're going to be healed all you have to do is get from where you're at now to that day god's got a big red x on the calendar I don't know what day it's on, but everybody in here, God's got a big red X. Meet all their needs. So God stands in the future, come on, keep coming. I'm going to give you your daily, you're going to make it. It's going to be all right. There's plenty of grace. You can get to where this day is at some point. It's going to happen. I've told this story several times, but I have some new years here today, so you're going to have to hear it. (laughs) When I was 12 years old, we got a phone call that my father had been taken to the hospital and was very, very, very ill, seriously ill. We did not know at the time of that phone call that he had already been dead 14 hours. About 10 minutes later, and I'm telling you what, as soon as we got that phone call, man, at 12 years old, I just got down. I mean, I had been 12 10 days. I knelt down at the chair, and I just started praying, God, heal my daddy. My dad's a home missions pastor. Went into a city that didn't have a church and built a church from the ground up. My dad held people from jumping out of windows and committing suicide while they were high on drugs back in the 70s. All of these great things he had done, and I prayed, God, heal my daddy. God, heal my daddy. About 10 minutes later, we got another phone call. He's dead, and my world collapsed. God didn't answer my prayer and I got mad at God I'll be transparent with you I didn't like him very much I decided to go my own way for a while and I did God's grace and mercy brought me back but there's a lot of people here that remember those days brother and sister bunch do. Uh, Brother Mike and Sister Deidre, Sister Patsy, she was one of my school teachers. Sister Deidre was one of my school teachers in those days. I wasn't a very pleasant person. Not like I am now. I'm Mr. Likeable. And I got mad at God. And in 1994, there was a man that preached a Incredible message. And I just so happened to go to church in Baker that Wednesday night because it was safe Bible study to pay my tithe. I always paid tithes even when I was a heathen. And I went to church that night to pay my tithe because it was Wednesday. Nobody feels conviction on Wednesday. They're safe. And so I went. It just so happens, the bunches will probably remember, there was an evangelist there, his name was Jeff Moses, and he was preaching on revelation and prophecy in the end of the world, and oh my goodness. And a voice spoke to me in the back pew, as clear as a bell, no doubt, and said, it's now or never. And I knew what was going on. I knew what time it was. It was time to get my heart right with God. And so I walked out of that pew. I think it was that following Thursday or Friday night. I went up front, and God filled me with the Holy Ghost again. And I was still angry about my dad. And several years later, I was at the church, and I used to steal uh, my cousin Dave Bunch a lot of times on Monday nights. And we would go to the church and pray. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful prayer meetings. And one night, he couldn't come for whatever reason. I was at the church. I was by myself, and I could take you to that spot today. And I knelt down at the front pew. We had two rows of pews in that church, and it would have been about right here if that was the center aisle. And I knelt down, and I was praying, and and something came over me, and I just kind of raised my head up, and I looked up, and I said, God, I forgive you. And when I said it, the spirit of God came in. Not that God needed to forgive be forgiven. Understand. But I needed to forgive. And a spirit enveloped me. When I was 12 years old, the day my when the when the phone rang the second time and I watched my mom pick it up, before she said a word, there were I could literally feel two arms wrap around me. I literally felt that found out later, I understood later, it was God. As soon as I said, God forgive you, two arms wrapped around me. And God spoke to me that day and I'll never forget it. He said, I'm not done yet. Your prayer is still going to be answered. And it like lightning went off in my I prayed for God to heal my dad. I didn't say when. And so when the trumpet sounds and we're all resurrected and if I'm alive when the rapture happens or when I'm dead when the rapture happens, whatever, it, whatever the case is, I know that my dad is going to ascend into heaven and he will be healed and God can look at me and go, see, I just answered your prayer, big boy. Now, you were mad all that time for nothing. Understand that unbelief, though we don't see it manifested in front of us instantly, though we don't always see the answer to our prayer the way we want to see it, when we want to see it, God knows what He's doing. As Brother Tenney says, He's large and He's in charge. God knows what He is doing. And if we can just believe, if we can get past unbelief and realize that God has got our lives in his hand, and if we, uh, the Bible says, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. If, if uh, If we can just keep our faith and keep our life in the hand of God, he will bring us to a place where he wants us to be. So God did not many mighty works because of unbelief. In John 16 and 12, the Bible says, Jesus speaking, said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. So Jesus was not able to teach all things. He was not able to do many mighty works because of unbelief and then The Bible says that Jesus was not able to teach everything he wanted to teach. There were some things that Jesus wanted to say. There were some concepts that Jesus wanted to give. There was some some bread for our lives that Jesus wanted to to pass out to us. There were some some things about us that Jesus wanted to explain. And and there was some, there was just, so he just worded it there, says, some things I want to say can't handle it. You're not at a place spiritually, mentally, emotionally that you can understand or that you can accept the words that I have to tell you. And so I'm going to restrain myself rather than putting more on you than you can bear. Rather than loading you down with with things that you can't understand. I'll just restrain myself because I know these things can destroy you. The disciples had been with Jesus for three years. A little over three years they had been with Jesus. Do you understand and can you comprehend? I can't. Hopefully you can. All the things the disciples saw. Can you imagine Being with Jesus himself. Do you know this is the one that Peter recognized and said thou art the Christ. Three of them went to the mountain of transfiguration. All of these things happened. The disciples were with him for all of this time. But when he told them about him being killed and resurrected on the third day, they didn't understand it. They couldn't grasp it. There was a concept that they couldn't They just couldn't get their head around. And so when Jesus died on Calvary and was buried on the third morning when he arose and came out of the grave, which was one of the most powerful miracles that's ever happened on the face of the earth, nobody was there to witness it. His own disciples didn't show up on the day of his greatest power because they couldn't receive what Jesus was saying. We're so thankful this morning to have evangelists with us that uh, that, that minister to children. It's what, such an incredible, incredible ministry. And I, my hats are off to them. That just you can minister to kids to take the gospel and to put it at a, a level, to package it into a, uh, a, a gift that a child can receive it not something that I can do and sometimes things that God would desire to give us are a little above our head and it's quiet I hate when it gets this quiet I'm glad we're having a wild service next well not wild but having a great service next. it's going to be wild y'all going to enjoy it maybe it will wake us all up How many times have we made statements like, I just wish I understood what God was doing? How many times have we made statements, I wish God would just tell me what he wants me to do? I wish God would just explain to me what I need to understand. Anybody ever made a statement like that? Some of you are being honest, some of you are not. For those not, you can pray in the altar with the kids. I guess that was mean, wasn't it? Sorry about that. I just wish God would explain this to me. I don't understand why such and such has to happen to so and so. Why do I have to go through this trial? Why am I enduring this thing? I have served God for 45 years. I've served God for 45 minutes. I've served God all my life, whatever the case is. And and I don't deserve this. And I just wish God would tell me. And God is standing on the other side saying, you can't understand it. But God, I've got my big boy britches on. I'm mature enough. I've got this under control, God. See, you don't know who you're talking to, God. That's what it is. You forgot who I am. I've got more degrees than a the thermometer's got. I've been through this education. I've got this job. I'm at this level. I have this compensation level. See, God, my company pays me a lot of money because I'm brilliant, so I can handle what you got. And God is sitting there saying, no, you can't. And so there's concepts and there's things that God would say to us, but we're not able to receive them. We're not able to understand them. We're not able to process what God is doing. And so when our ears are not tuned to what God wants to say, you know, the Bible says that The things of the spirit cannot be understood by carnal people. And so when we live a carnal life, a life more flesh-centered, should I say it? We'll get in trouble. Can I get in trouble? Anybody good with that? Everybody going to like me after Bible study no matter what I'm fixing to say? Okay. Do you know I have to schedule our church events in dealing with the men around football games? You know why? People don't show up at the football games. See, I'm in trouble, I told you. It's pathetic. I had somebody one time that was so, and I'm not against football, don't, don't misunderstand me, but I had somebody one time whose marriage was falling apart because of football. Wanted marital help. I said, go ask Les Miles. He's the cause of your marital problem. Go get him to fix it. I didn't really say that, but I wanted to. We live carnal lives. Carnal lives. Our biggest worries or football, this past Wednesday, was it this past Wednesday night, or this past, uh, the Wednesday night before, whatever it was, uh, Brother Jason Cooper was teaching and preached, taught and preached an incredible Bible study on the spirit of an orphan. If you didn't hear that, you need to go to our website and listen to it. While that was going on, and we had 40, 45 people here, across the road was a football game, a a junior varsity game, and there was thousands. Not against football. The point is, those people's lives are full of trouble, full of heartache, and they wonder why God doesn't speak to them And why God doesn't minister. And why God doesn't tell me what's your plan and what's your will and who should I marry and who should I not marry and all these things. Why don't God speak to me? But they're not listening. They're not able to handle because they live a carnal life. And it's not just football brings carnality. You understand if we live a life that's prayerless, if we don't fast, if we don't study the word of God, if you're not faithful to the house of God, if you're not faithful to the commandments and the laws of God, if these things are missing out of your life and you live a carnal life, expect that God can't tell you some things. That was kind of negative. I'm sorry. It is what it is. It's true. See, a smile it tries to lessen the impact. You know. People don't get as mad. We have to... Turn our ears to the things of the Spirit. But, Brother Merrill, not everything God says is what I want to do. I know. For 10 years, I did everything I could to deny a call to the ministry. I don't want to do that didn't I really didn't I grew up in a preacher's home I remember two o'clock in the morning people at their at our house snotting and crying and carrying oh I'm sorry I'm not supposed to say that weeping and crying and getting loud in the living room and I got to go to school the next morning I remember that it's not easy dealing with people when you're getting ready to walk out of the house with your wife and your kids and your you're going to have a nice meal, and you're going to go have fun, and you're going to go play putt-putt, and you're going to be family time, and somebody calls and says, I'm in the hospital. Sometimes what God wants to say isn't pleasant. Sometimes it's not what we want. But we have to turn our ears to the spiritual things and listen to what God has to say, and as we grow And as we develop and as we mature spiritually, God will tell us more and more and more and we'll understand more of the will of God and more of the plan of God. We all want to know what the will of God is, but so many times we're not able to hear it or we don't want to hear it or we disagree with it. God, I want to be such and such. I want to be a mighty preacher. God says, I don't want you to be a preacher. We don't want to hear that. I want to be... God, I want to be a song leader. And we can't sing worth a flip. God don't want us to be a song leader. Listen to what God says and turn our ears spiritually and not base it on what we want and what we say. I didn't get to the third thing. Today, if God's wills, then maybe next Sunday we will. I hope that you uh, received a little something today. That if we can get past unbelief, and if we can listen to what God says, then our life will move forward in a relationship with him. Praise the Lord. Don't go anywhere. We have an incredible, incredible second service. Kids are already starting to come in, and uh, you're not going to want to miss it. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.